seriously, I know it's the back to school period, you've got a lot of things on your plate, I get that, so don't worry. I won't make that special episode too long and you'll get a fast track update on many of the guests and companies that appeared on that microphone. Today, this podcast turns to two years, 222 episodes released, of which 97 were feature interviews for a total of 105 hours on air. That's a lot of water industry, water sector, water and beyond, whatever we call it, and hopefully a lot of inspiration shots for all of us. Two years is not much on the scale of the entire sector, yet a lot happened from many of my former guests since they appeared on my microphone. Today, you'll learn who raised the most money since the release of our common discussion. I'll share some milestones and recent projects for some of them. And I'll update you on our background's drama, the story of the merger of Suez and Veolia. Let me start by ringing the bell. This actually is also what happened to Kobi Nagar, representing 374 Water on the opening of the Nasdaq on the 1st of July. The company had been public for a year, but couldn't be directly traded before, now, that's history and you can follow the adventures as they trade under the SQUO acronym on NASDAQ. And if you're still wondering what SCWO stands for, well, check out my full conversation with Kobe about supercritical water oxidation by Season 4, Episode 15. Let's go a bit further back in time to take some news from Srinath Polizetti and his company Blue Act Technologies. If you recall, Srinath takes advantage of the properties of whey to remove microplastics, pesticides, heavy metals, chlorine and other radioactive compounds from water. He also proved his technology efficient in elimination of PFAS. Well, you can now get his filters installed under your sink as he ran a successful Kickstarter campaign. And if you want to recall the full story, that was by Season 1, Episode 11. If you haven't exercised this summer and rather joined the barbecue and beer club, you may want to change gears a bit in September. That's what Minaguli invites you to do year-long with the Run Blue movement. And it's not literally about running, it's rather a hint to tell your companies, neighbors or friends they shall run their activities blue on the road towards UN Water Congress in 2023. But if you want it to be literal and really want to run, take a motivation shot directly in your ears with Mina's interview, which aired in Season 4, Episode 4. To the next news with some of my guests that somewhat came together. I had already underlined in my conversation with Brent Solina and Carol Maxwell how their path had crossed the one from Sivan Zamir from Xylem as microorganic technologies had joined the Xylem Innovation Lab. Well, it looks like Xylem has a crush on microbial fuel cell technologies because AquaCycle joined the program as well. There's more news about AquaCycle, so I'll come back to it. But before, let's kick off my top five of my guests that raised the most money after appearing on my microphone. Number five, Can Do, which was represented by its CEO and founder Ari Goldfarb on that microphone by season one, episode six. They raised $8 million in a Series B financing round focused on global growth and accelerated R&D development with participation from UK, European and US investors. And of course, they're still turning wastewater and sewers intelligent thanks to AI and digitization. Number four, 
Kitos and its CEO and founder Mina Sankaran that was with me on the mic by season 3 episode 7. They apparently raised 8.3 million dollars in something that's whether qualified as venture round or as series C in the trackers and Mina confirmed in a Forbes interview that the total raised money of about 40 million dollars is right. But I did not find any mention on the Kitos website or in any of their official communication channels. That's mysterious, isn't it? Let's move on to number 3, Epic Cleantech and its CEO and co-founder Aaron Tartakovsky that was with me by season 4, episode 3. Epic raised $9.4 million, which they leveraged to accelerate on-site water reuse in real estate projects across the United States. So more buildings that will be able to reuse up to 95% of their water with resource recovery as a welcome side effect. That sounds like awesome news. Number 2, Transcend, which was represented twice on that microphone by Ari Rivet, its CEO in Season 1, Episode 17, and Adam Tank, its Chief Customer Officer and fellow podcast host with the awesome water we're talking about he co-presents with Jim Loria, both were with me by Season 2, Episode 10. Transcend has raised $10 billion, enabling the company to expand its sales team and broaden its software as a service beyond wastewater and into the drinking water market. Now, before moving to my number one, let me mention some other water entrepreneurs that have raised new pockets of money since appearing here, with Fajr Mushtag from Oxile, Henrik Hagemann from Pure Affinity, who might soon be back on that microphone, yes, that's a spoiler, and Ramzi Buzerda from Drupal. And now it's time to move to our number one that you've been awaiting, and that is AquaCycle, I teased it, who raised $10.1 million in a venture round. That's the occasion for me to remind you of my conversation with the fantastic Oriana Bretschker in Season 1, Episode 20. Now, I promised you this episode wouldn't be too long, so I'll move on to my last section with the merger and acquisition news. The first one will be, no surprise, if you've listened to my discussion with Reinhard Hübner by Season 5, Episode 1, Ski on Water has a strong vision as to what they intend to build and M&A is their vehicle to achieve it. This is how Ovivo, the main subdivision of Skion, acquired Waste Tech Control and Engineering beginning of July. This shall create interesting synergies for both companies, especially in the microelectronic industry, Waste Tech's home turf. The next one is a little secret Eric Fannes was holding when I interviewed him to discuss the company he's leading, Kembi, by Season 5, Episode 14. Indeed, just three days after that conversation, Kembi announced their acquisition of Veolia's Thermal Hydrolysis Process Division. So it sounds like a consolidation move and an extension of Kembi's range to smaller size units and biogas substrate outside of wastewater sludge and food waste. Which naturally leads us to our big chunk with the ongoing Suez Veolia drama. Let's begin with a short recap that starts from where we left things by my third and last episode to date on the topic in October 2021. At the time, the Suez Veolia deal was very eager to close, yet still slightly threatened by some French justice move that since somewhat vanished. So the last thing left in the way of the merger was the approval from the competition authorities in every country or region concerned by the union. Namely, that led Veolia to seek approval from 18 main competition authorities and by December it had secured 15 approvals with the European Union, the United States, Canada, Colombia, Ecuador, Morocco, Russia, Saudi Arabia, China, Taiwan, South Korea, India, Brazil, Turkey and the United Arab Emirates. Chile later followed, which left the counter down to two, Australia and the United Kingdom. 
For Veolia to get Australia's yes came at a cost, as they had to divest from Suez Water Australia to sell some former Suez waste assets to clean away and integrated waste services in Adelaide to first-century investors. But they had now secured 17 out of 18 approvals. Meanwhile, in France, Veolia sold a portion of its industrial water treatment services business to Seche Environnement for about 40 million euros. And in a move that's kind of crucial for the next steps, SOAR acquired Veolia's mobile water service business in Europe for about 190 million euros. By the way, something Benno Holterman, the CEO of Naihu SOAR Industries, discussed on my microphone by Season 5, Episode 13. In total, by the end of May, Veolia had sold for about 920 million euros of assets with, for instance, via Ingeniorama in Sweden, the aquaculture division of Kruger Kalnes in Norway or RWO in Germany. Yet, the approval of the UK was still pending. The decision was expected for the 17th of July, then got postponed to the 11th of September before finally being released earlier by the 25th of August. And it was still not a green light. The UK requested Veolia to sell three divisions, Suez's UK waste business, Veolia's European mobile water services fleet, and Suez's UK industrial water operation business. As already mentioned, the mobile water services were already sold to SOAR, and Veolia has a deal with Macquarie to take over the former Suez UK waste business. Assuming the UK competition authorities approve those two moves, that leaves the entire 13 billion euro deal tied to one tiny fraction of the future giant, Suez's UK industrial water operation business. In July, Veolia had said they would be ready to sell it off, but in August, they backed off and said that the division's relatively small annual revenue couldn't really be significant for the completion of the deal. Two years into the story, we're probably closer than ever to its end. But still, it's not done, so again, to be continued. This leads to my conclusion for today, which namely is a big thank you. We crossed the 50,000 downloads mark somewhere in August for the podcast alone, and that month was also kind of historic as for the first time, the podcast, in all its shapes, surpassed the 200,000 views milestone over all the platforms for August alone. So let's keep pushing all together. As always, if you like what you hear, tell it to your friends, colleagues, teachers, students, customers, suppliers, and all the ones I forget, that's how I can justify to my wife, my kids, and myself all the time I spend preparing these contents for all of us, which I, of course, love doing as well. Season 7 of the podcast starts next week with an incredible interview with Pierce Clark, the founder and chairman of Isle Utilities. I have many more inspiring conversations coming up, which I'm excited to share with you. And I'll also be at the upcoming International Water Association's World Congress in Copenhagen next week. And then I'm heading to New York to join Science Water's Rethinking Water Conference, where I'm looking forward meeting you. And even though I'm sometimes slow in answering, and I apologize for that, please keep sending me your feedback, suggestions, and recommendations. Yes, I'm slow, but I'm always reading and answering. Again, thank you, and I'll see you next time. Bye.